Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, how's everybody doing? Great. Great. It is beautiful, beautiful to see you guys. Um, I say it a lot, but I'm going to say it again. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's a place. It's a place of life, man. It's a place. We weren't created to do this thing by ourselves. We're created to walk this thing together, to continue in the things that God has called us to do. And when the word tells us to continue and abide in him, right, to abide in him and continue in his word, and then we're his true disciples, we do that together. It's not something you go off by yourself and do. So I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys today. So as always, thank you to Pastor George and Suzanne for the trust to be able to stand in this pulpit and, and, uh, and speak to you this morning and share the word. It is, it is honestly my, my privilege to do so. So love. We're going to talk about love today. I love love. We're going to talk about that. Well, you know, there's a lot of discussion and talk about love in our culture today. Um, you know, we, we, we hear that word thrown around a lot. We hear this idea of defining love. Actually, one of the, one of the top 10 things that are Googled on a regular basis is the, this question, what is love? I didn't know that. I, I just checked it out. I, I Googled that question to see what it would say. And, and, and it says that's one of the top 10 things that people are asking because it's often one of the things that those who maybe even are not even in the church try to indict the church for, sometimes rightly, sometimes I feel like uh, in, in a wrong fashion, but we'll talk about some of that today. But this question of what is love comes up many times. And um, we look at relationships and relationships sometimes where we ought to see the greatest expression of love is sometimes where we see the least expression of it and the poorest example of it. And um, there's, a, there's this question of what is that love because people are asking that question. And a lot of times the world is going to lead us in a direction which is really not what is God's word and what is God's direction for us. It's going to be very subjective. It's going to be very emotional. It's going to be based on what I think, what my truth is. We're going to get into that too, that lie which is trying to be spread in our culture. There's no your truth and my truth. It's his truth. But we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, so what we want to do when we come to God, when we come and receive his word is we want to allow the word of God to come in and inform what we do. We don't want culture to reverse define what we do. Okay. Just because they're there. That's why Jesus said be in and not of. We're of him, but we're in the world. We're not of the world and just kind of trying to do something for God. Okay. So that's what I want to get into today and, and, and dig into here today. So let's look at what the word has to say about this subject. So I want to give us a background scripture. We're going to begin with this one. If you've been to a wedding at all, I love weddings. Not going to lie. I like get super excited and uh, it's the, the men will probably throw darts at me now, but I like to try to match my wife outfits and all because I know some pictures are going to be coming up. So you know what I mean? Profile picture, possibilities, you know, phone lock screen picture, possibilities. So I want to match her, look good. And, but I, I, I'm reminded of this thing of love when we go to a wedding and this scripture often shows up. So what does it say? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love 
never ends. Let's pray over this. Father, we are so grateful for your word today, and we are so thankful that we get to be a part of your house today and hear this word and hear again what you would teach us with regard to love and how we should love you and love one another. And so we thank you for it today. Father, I declare over myself to, to be your vessel this morning. Father, help me to get out of the way to allow you to do what you want to do today in people's hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. So the, the question that came up when I started talking about this is, is what is love? And I'm not going to lie. I had that song start playing in my head. Y'all know. I literally was in my office and I wrote down that title and I was like, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. And I was like. I was like, that's so trite and fleshy. I was like, but it actually rings out true because what he's saying, I don't want to be hurt. I actually want to put myself out there to be loved, right? And so I actually was like, wow, the song was kind of prophetic. So there you go. All right. <laughs> so let's use it. So what is love? It's a, again, it's the question that we're asking a lot of times and we're trying to look for what is this answer. In a simple answer, God is love, right? So the origination point of something is what is most important when you're looking at what it's for, right? Uh, any kids who've ever done a Bible class with me, I talk about my Apple Watch a lot, not just because I like them and because it's simplified my life wonderfully, um, but because it's a wonderful example of what is something's original intent, original purpose. So when we talk about love, we, we, we need to go to the source of what love actually begins with and who starts that entire process and who defines it. And God is the one who defines this idea of love. So if we look in the scripture, it says this, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So when we look at the subject of love, it's not just based on how I felt. Although this week, the corporate world is going to make a dollar or two because of how people feel. Right? All about just feel. I got the feels. You're going to play that music, man. You're going to play that little song. You're going to look and see that card. There's the big bear in the store, the candy, or the piece of jewelry. Some of the wives in here are like, <laughs> Miss Terry's like, yes, Jesus, yes, I heard him. <laughs> Woo! Yes, like quickening. Um, so our emotions come into play. And emotions are wonderful. I love that. You know what I mean? There's been times in, 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 in throughout my marriage where there's been those sweet romantic moments. You know, I sang my wife a song. She wrote me a sweet letter, whatever that might be. You know, but that's not every day. True? I mean, babe, really? That, we were at a marriage getaway one time, and somebody was like, you should sing that song you sang to your wife at the wedding. And I sang it to her, and everybody's like, oh, that's so beautiful. And she was like, so... You're so wonderful. But that's not every day. Okay? That's not every day. So we, we want to have a love that goes beyond us being emotional, founded in who God is. You know, what we often see is the four definitions that the, that the Greeks gave us, which is uh, storge, um, uh, uh, phileo, um, eros, and agape. These four definitions of love, these four iterations of love. So it's multifaceted right? This thing of love. It's not just the God is love, come to Jesus, be saved, stay in church. We know there's, there's, a, man, there's an affection for your friend. There's the way I feel about that person that, that might be the one that I'm going to marry. And then the way I feel about them once I get married. 
And sometimes you got to remind yourself, married people, what that was once you've been married for a little bit. The love for your child, man, when you, when you have another child born. You know, I walked over during the middle of worship today, and my little Abigail's over there, and that girl is such a trip. And in the middle, everybody's praying and powerfully declaring, and at the top of her voice, right over there, she goes, Daddy, I want a snack. <laughs> She's like, Daddy, can I have a snack? <laughs> she, because she's like, we're here in church, but so, your dad, you provide snacks. Can I get one now? You know what I mean? It's like, why not? She's comfortable. So there's all these different iterations of love. So it's important for us to look at the fact that that love is multifaceted, but we can't forget that there's a foundational place from which it comes, which is in God. I love this quote that I saw this week from... Um, John Bloom, who's a staff writer for Desiring God. Desiring God is a ministry that John Piper leads, and they put out some amazing content. And one of the things he says was this, to understand love correctly, we must see that love originates as a noun that necessarily produces verbs. Man, I read that thing this week, and I said, dang, wish that would have been my quote. Because it's so true. The noun of who God is, and this concept of love, which literally comes springing out from who God is, necessarily produces verbs. There are actionable things, there are specific things that happen because of the fact that God is love. And then we exist in his image. So we must show that forth. We must express that love. And it's not something that you have to do, it's something you get to do. And here, if we look back at what the word says, it's because you know God and because you are in him that you can even express that love, not because you tried real hard, okay? I mean, come on, let's talk, let's go back to the marriage thing again. You know, it's not super exciting to my wife that I say, you know what, it took everything within me to die to me today just to love you. <laughs> the evening's not gonna go so well for me. <laughs> if that's how I'm rolling, I'm just saying, man, advice for you. That's a freebie. You don't even have to pay me any extra for that one. But literally, like, like, that it's a chore that I had to check these boxes. But when we are graced by God, the power of the Holy Spirit's within us to love somebody, even when I don't feel like it, because the flutters aren't always there, okay? There's sometimes when I have to zero in and say, Lord, you gave me these children. And then nothing, there's nothing for a little while after <laughs> Just be reminded of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, man, the flesh is a real thing. And we got to say, Lord, how can you help me? Because I need you. I need your assistance on this one. So the question of how do we love comes up. How do we actually do this? How do we actually step up and begin to live out this process of, of loving? So let's go back to that word that we talked about. So I see patience, I see kindness, I see the fact that it doesn't envy or boast, it's not arrogant or rude. And these are sometimes you gotta pause and look for where you are in this. Does not insist on its own way. Oh, Jesus, come on, we could stop there. When I stopped on that one, I was like, oh Lord, I only have one sermon, I can't, I can't do a series on this thing. But that one, that's us. Well, I wanted it to go this way. Why are you not doing this and loving me like I, I have to be? I got to demand my way or the highway. That's what we do sometimes. 
It's not irritable or resentful. Oh, Jesus, I, he hit me with this the other day when I was tired. You know when you get super tired and you get the irritable tiredness going on? Or when you get hangry? A couple of my kids get hangry. Uh, I, and I got hangry the other day because I was tired and hungry. My wife looked at me, she's like, she's like you're hangry. You're like, because you got a little attitude going on. Because we get irritable. But that's not what love does. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. Rejoices with the truth. We're going to spend some time on that one as well. But it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and it doesn't end. Because here's just from a practical standpoint. Learn how to read your Bible. Love never ends. And who is love? God is love. And God is eternal. There's no end to that love. So we better get into it because guess what? We are going to be in love, walking in it for all eternity. Come on. It never ends because that is a part of who God is. So there's a few things I want to kind of highlight as we talk about this subject matter of love and how we practically get into this thing. So again, we've said this a couple times, but here's, here's some notes. If you're taking notes, write them down. If you're on your version app, tap on there, add anything else extra that you want to because you are students of the Bible this morning. True love originates in God. This is something that I cannot overstate. We live in a culture currently where people want to define things in the middle of it, the air. Okay? I've heard it said, feet firmly planted in midair. True story. I want to define things based on what is subjective rather than what it should be. Okay? Kind of like the, the, the Apple Watch question. I ask this question when I'm teaching Bible to, to the kids at the rock school sometimes. If you saw me using an Apple Watch to hammer nails, what would be your first thought of me? <laughs> Leave the room slowly. <laughs> Back away. Why? Because I'm not going by original design and purpose. Not by original intention. I'm using something outside of its proper order. Because that's the essence, really, of sanctification is something getting to the purest state which it's supposed to be in to function as it was created to function. And that's the process that we are living out as believers is sanctification. Upon salvation, we have this sanctification process because God is working out, getting us back, back, cleaning off a little bit more, getting us back. We're saved, but we're being sanctified. And we've got to worry about original intent when we talk about something such as love. We can't have it based on somebody shaking their fist in the culture, in our politically charged culture we have. Oh, that's not loving. How do you define that? That's the question that a lot of times we need to ask. In love and in kindness and respect, but we've got to ask that. We can't just have love as defined by feeling. We already covered that earlier, correct? Most of y'all who stayed married wouldn't have stayed married if you were defining love by feelings all the time because they are not reliable. Never reliable (laughs) feelings. Sometimes I read stuff in the Word, and I do this for a living. (laughs) Sometimes I read stuff in the Word, I'm like, I don't like that. (laughs) It's straight up in the flesh, you're like, I don't like that. But does that change that truth is truth? Does not change it. Does not change it, Right? So again, we go to this fact that God is love, and so he's the origination point. He's the starting point from which we now go with this concept of love and what it even means to love, okay? We begin with him. So the second thing is this. True love goes beyond words and emotions to action. 
This is the one of the biggest ones. This even plenty of unbelievers can believe in and state a lot of times. There was one particular rock artist that, that had this big indictment and it's got millions of views on, on YouTube, him making this statement an indictment against the church that we're not loving our neighbor. I would exhort, yes, we should love our neighbor, but what is your definition if you are not subscribing to the word of God that you are calling people to? How is it that people are supposed to love their neighbor if it is not as defined by God? Because who is love and who's the originator in love? God, the noun that necessarily produces verbs, necessarily produces fruit. If we don't begin with him, we can end in all kinds of different directions. All kinds of different directions, most of which will not glorify God. So we can't have this loosey-goosey subjective approach to this thing of love when we especially are gonna now start having actions. Because this is, let me save that. I'm gonna come back to that. When we look at this thing of, of love going from a starting place in who God is, one of the things that we have to look at is the fact that true love goes beyond words and actions to emotions and then the fact that that action is based in truth. So when we have the action that we need to take, we have to say again, what is the defining principle that lays out what that love is and how that is lived out. It's the fact that it's defined in truth, right? So when we look at this thing of truth, that is what the framework is then that love sits in, okay? Truth. We have this concept in our culture right now, my truth, your truth, whatever truth. That's an irrelevant concept. And here's why, because truth, okay, is not subjective. Truth is not something that changes here and there. Truth is not something which you can then take and redefine. If not, it is not true. Okay? Origination with God being at the start of it all and then him being the source of all love is what's going to help us actually make that happen. Because if I say love is the fact that you made me feel good, I'm gonna be in a different place of love all the time. Yeah. Can I get real for a minute? It's how people, people's marriage a lot of times will fall apart. Because you know I'm at the office and you know it was, it was real fun for those first few years in my marriage but you know it's not the same smile and the same way she responded to me at that wedding and for those first couple years maybe and now eh. Attitudes are flying. She's not appreciating. She doesn't appreciate the fact that she has to wash my socks. <laughs> wash my drawers. She's like, I saw this, look, I saw this meme this week, which was hilarious. It was a realtor had this sign and he looked, the sign looked like he was holding a homeless sign. But the guy was dressed, I mean, haircut tight, everything, but he's holding the sign and the marker and everything. <laughs> And the side said, not homeless, just want to sell 20 houses this year to keep up with my wife's Amazon Prime shopping habit. <laughs> he says, please help. And he had his phone number at the bottom. Oh my God, I thought, that is brilliant. But you could be that guy, mad that you're like, man, you know, she wants to buy this, I don't want her to buy that, and back and forth. But if it's by feeling, then... When that lady at the office talks to you, 
because she don't have to wash your socks and your drawers. And she doesn't have to take care of your kids, so of course she's having a good time. Can we be practical? Come on, brothers. Of course she's all relaxed, because she has no responsibility to you. <laughs> That's why we got to go by truth, man. Because, see, our emotions say, oh, yeah, she's, uh, she responds, you know, she thinks I'm the greatest. Yeah, because she doesn't have to live with your behind. Hello? No, I mean, and that's the way the enemy works. The enemy comes in and the word says this. He goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Operative word right there. What do you allow in your life? What do you allow in your life? Is the doors wide open for whatever? I love what Jim Gilbert says. An open mind can be a cesspool. Shout out to my, my good friend, Jim Gilbert. An open mind can be a cesspool. Be careful. That I'm just open. I'm just, shh. You better be careful because sometimes it's time to lock the door and throw away the key. <laughs> okay? So that love is based in truth. Truth. We don't, we don't play games with that, with that fact. Okay? That love is based in truth. Um. Are my missing slides here? I'm missing two slides, but trust me, it's what's in the notes. All right. First John 3.18 says this. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. So that action that we take, which is based in Truth, okay, is not something that we just kind of go in, oh, because I wanted to do actions. This is why be careful. This is a warning for some of you. Be careful about how many causes you just kind of jump into because it's a good idea. Okay, the world would have us do it. Oh, aren't you going to do this because that would be the good thing to do, the nice thing to do? Not if the Lord didn't call me, number one. And number two, not if it's not in truth. One of the things I love about one of the leaders that I, I had the opportunity to hear from in a, con in a conference from Church of the Highlands, uh, a man by the name of Lee Deming, talks about the fact that he has this group, it's called a legacy group, and these are wealthy people who give their money into the kingdom to start all kinds of different great causes and, and, and do all kinds of different things that are super impactful. And one of the things he says is, we don't give into any causes that don't end up with the gospel. He said, we're not just building houses to put women in them just because. We're not out feeding the hungry just to feed them. He said the gospel is brought because if we don't bring that, we've simply done a temporal work. That love has not been really based in truth. So take care that you don't have love that is just this emotional thing that I just did it because it's just like, oh God, I was watching Feed the Children and I'm crying. You might give to that, but make sure that it is eternal in nature. That the reason even why that you do it is not so that you just feel good, but because you actually wanted to bless. Okay? So it's about truth there. And here's what the, the, the word says of this concept of truth. In John 17, 17 through 19, last time I preached, I talked to you guys about this. In John 17, we have what's called Jesus' farewell discourse. It's basically his final prayer, his final message to the disciples that were currently there, and then it then applies to us. And he says this starting in verse 17 through verse 19. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
then it's right there. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. What's truth? Your word is truth. I know it's not super popular to say that today because we want to have your truth, my truth, our truth, and be loosey-goosey and have our feet firmly planted in midair. But that is not the way in which we enter into this concept of love. If so, it's real questionable how that ends up. And who's to say that your way is better than mine? We don't have a standard by which we've judged because it's just what you feel or what I feel. And that can be questionable. Always can be questionable. So the next thing. True love is in deed and in truth. True love is in deed and in truth. So we act, we act, but it's based on the fact that we're going out there in truth. Not because it's been something that we've kind of made up, which is unto ourselves. And that can be a tough one to deal with sometimes, again, like we've been talking about, because of the fact that we have emotions which are very real. And our emotions want to allow us to say, hey, I would rather do it this way. I feel like I want to do this. You know, one of the most beautiful things that we have the opportunity to do, and you guys will in just a minute, is the tithe in our church. Not just in the rock, I mean in the church. As you know what the tithe does? It gives us this opportunity to have this element of worship which is quantifiable and equal for everybody no matter who you are. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. Because you might have a little kid who's over here. Because I, I experience this with my kids. I, I have to, to learn to not push them into this Pharisee behavior. When we have like seed offering, for example, and some will be like, I'm going to give all this, daddy. Then there's other ones who are like, let's, let's look at the budget. <laughs> right? Right? Because there's a difference sometimes in how that comes about. You know, there, there's the one who's just like, empty the whole piggy bank, daddy. Knock the bottom of it. Dump it on. The other one's like, well, I have these, and I do have the intention to buy that toy and these shoes. So let's reconsider. Differences in how people process. Right? But what happens with the tithe is a beautiful thing. Everybody, and no matter who you are, it's 10% as an act of obedience and worship. And your 10% might be 100. His 10% might be 100 million. But we're all called to give that 10%, and that's it. An act of obedience opens the windows of heaven, heaven, pours out a blessing in our lives. But it's this equal plane, quantifiable standard of truth that's not changing for everybody. Now, people would like to change it because guess what? Some days I might feel like stroking a 500 or a 5,000 or a 5 million, depending on what I have. I wouldn't mind being Rick Warren in that area. You guys know Rick Warren's testimony? He is up to 93% giving his income. I'm going to say it one more time because it's still unbelievable. 93%. So, you know, Rick's one of those people. I really don't think God cares if he buys a Beamer. I'm going to be straight up. I don't care. If, I don't think God cares if he buys a couple of Teslas. This brother's giving 93% of his income away. You know what he did? In his church, when, if you didn't know this, the, the Purpose Driven Life, that's his book. It's like one of the top three best-selling books on the planet of all time. And what he did was he said, man, God just gave us all this money, so we just, we give it away. He's like, I have what I need to live on, we just give it away. After 25 years at the church, he wrote a check for 25 years of salary. 
gave it back to the church and then said, you guys don't need to pay me anymore. I have plenty. So he basically works his church for free. The church he founded, which is massive, and he does it for free. Love. But see, that could change because I don't give 93%. I'd love to. <laughs> but the tithe is this. It's this consistent. It's everybody. Everybody gives that 10%. And it's a similar way to look at love. There are things that are for all of us in the way that we love because it's founded in God that are not changing. And there may be some expressions which are slightly different. Don't compare your house to somebody else's. Okay? I do like the wedding and I like to match my wife for the pictures when I go to the wedding. If your husband's not like that, that's fine. Find out what he wants to do and vice versa. Husbands, maybe sometimes if your wife is super into the matching and the pictures thing, maybe it would do you well to die for a day and just say, honey, I got so excited that you wanted to match in pictures. I picked out my best that matched you because that's what bless her. Die for just a day because a lot of this in talking about loving and being based in truth is we got to die to us. What did Jesus do? Father, if there's another way, I know everything because I'm part of you. (laughs) And so I know this is going to hurt. And I really don't want to go through and do this. So if there's another way, text me real fast. (laughs) I am whatever you got right now, right now. Direct message, whatever you got. I'll take it right now. I have the alerts on. But he said, nevertheless, your will. Your will. Sometimes in this love thing, some of us need to come to a place where we say, nevertheless, your will be done, Lord. I would rather do this. I would rather do something else. But Lord, what do you say right now? I'd rather have insisting on my own. When we talked about it a minute ago, right there in the scripture. I'd rather insist on my own. But Lord, what do you say? What is your declaration for me right now? Where are you calling me to function? You know, in Jesus, I'm gonna give you the last one here. True love is unto God and unto your neighbor. So I'm going to wrap those right in from where we just came from. Because Jesus was questioned. I'm going to give you a little homework. I didn't put this scripture on the slides because I wanted you to have a little homework here. Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Um, as he often was, Jesus was being questioned because they wanted to kind of trap him in his words and see what he would say. So the Pharisees come and question him and they say, hey, teacher, What's, what's the great commandment in the law? What's your, what's, your, what's your assessment of that? What is that? And as he always answered, answered confidently, Jesus said, to love your, the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, to love the Lord your God, that's, that's it. But Jesus is like, you know what? It's Wednesday, it's hump day. I'm gonna give you an extra one for free. I don't know if it was Wednesday. I just added that. That was totally, I added that. He says, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, on these two hang all of the law and all of the prophets. 
connected like we just talked about in 1 Corinthians 13 to the fact that love never ends and the fact that there's faith, hope, and there's love. All these three, but the greatest of these is love. Because God is love. And from that love that he pours out, we are then able to love. We are then able to produce those fruits. So Jesus says these are intricately and intimately tied. You can't, it's not just you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus and everybody around. Because we're called to be connected. We're called immediately in relationship. That's why we have to be concerned with what the word says about relationship because we're called into that. That's where the love is expressed. Because by looking at God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our God is very different. I've talked about this before. Our God is very different than any other singular person deity. Let me use a little theology language for you. A singular person deity is just that person. Our God is triune, meaning there's three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So when God calls us to community, he's calling us to be as he is in his image. When God calls us to love, he's calling us to be literally who he is. God is love. Love exists eternally within the Trinity because the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are there. God didn't make us because he needed somebody to love. He was already love within the context of his very being. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So now when you're called to love, you literally, to express God's love in its fullness, you have to love. It's the only way you ever get the full expression of who God is through your life. So when we're called here to love the Lord your God and then called to love your neighbor, that's the full expression of who he is. I come to him and I say, man, first of all, I need salvation. I'm dead in my sin, but God has made a way through Jesus Christ for me to be restored. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Everybody give God a clap and a shout of praise. Come on. If you're saved today. Amen. Praise God. He's done a work in you. And then out of that, I now go and I love my neighbor as myself. And that doesn't mean the same way I want to be loved. If I like ribs and my neighbor's a vegetarian, giving them ribs is not loving them. Come on. One great opportunity I had to die to myself, because this is what this comes down to a lot of times, is I had a couple friends who happened to be vegetarians and they were coming over for dinner and they were really, they were so gracious and said, you make whatever you want, just make us a salad. But the Lord really convicted me, make them a vegetarian meal. So I threw down a spread, like it was meat. Like it was meat. And you know what? Their hearts were so open with love because like, I know you'd have been tearing up steak and chicken and shrimp and whatever else if you had your choice. But you said, you know what? Am I going to die today if I eat vegetarian? Not physically, but I needed to die. <laughs> Inside, I did a little bit. <laughs> But inside, spiritually, I needed to die to me that day. To say, it's not about you, bro. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because what you would want is somebody to love you the way that you need to be loved. According to how God has designed us as people to live and to work and to love together. So we got to die to ourselves sometimes. And it's not easy. Come on. 
Nobody's signing up for that saying, yes, cross me now, absolutely. But it's what God calls us to, and then he graces us to do it. So tell your neighbor, the good news is you don't have to do it by yourself. (laughs) That's the good news. The grace of God is sufficient because what does he do? His strength is perfected in your weakness. Come on. It's not just a little something. Come on, you can clap. You can clap. Perfected in your weakness. So when you show up on the scene and you're like, God, I can. He's like, awesome, I can. When you show up and you're like, I got to love this person, God, and it's so difficult. He's like, good, I'm so glad you admitted it. So now I can show up in your space and help you do what you need to do. I'm so glad you realize now that you are not able in and of yourself. So now you're crying out to me and what's going to happen is I'm gonna show up in a big way in your situation and I'm gonna begin to do a work in you and through you and you're going to look and you're gonna say, oh my word, that's not me. You know why? Because that's God in you, doing a work through you. That noun that necessarily produces verbs, that fruit being produced in your life. So you can just say, man, thank you, Lord, that it's not me and it's not about me. It's about you and what you want to do in my life. So let's look at this. We had our title, Love Is. Love is what? Love is living in agreement with who God is by declaring what he says and aligning your life with what he says. That's a step one. I'm living in alignment and in agreement with what he has said and who he is by declaring what he says and then lining myself up with that. Pastor Steve talked about it last week, getting in agreement with what God says. Some of us are frustrated in our life and you have even difficulty loving because you don't want to get in line with what God says. You're trying to love out of your flesh. You're trying to love according to what the culture or the world will tell you. You're trying to love according to what your preferences are. I don't remember in any of the scriptures I gave you, feel free to email me this week. If you find something in the scripture that tells you love is about you lining your preferences out on the table and then God meeting those. I'll give you a tip, don't email me because they're not there. (laughs) I'm just saying, I read the Bible a few times in this Christian walk, it's not in there. It's not about our preferences, it's about lining up with what he says by his grace. And then what happens? You're living for the joy and the benefit of others, which we often don't want to do. And I mean often by like every few minutes, we don't want to. Because again, we want to do the opposite of what 1 Corinthians 13 is telling us, to insist on our own way. But we're called to not insist on our own way and to bear all things and believe all things and to hope all things and realize that love never ends and realize that we are in him and he is in us. And the word says if we continue in his word, we're his true disciples. Then we would know the truth and the truth would make us free. Would make us able to accomplish what he's called us to. Come on, stand this morning. I wanna pray for you, so, so stand. I want to lift your hands, Lord Jesus. 
thank you for what you did for us in expressing the greatest love and dying for us. And then you don't leave us to ourselves, but you have then given us your word, given us the Holy Spirit so that we can live out what you have called us to and be who you've called us to be. And Lord, I declare in this house, Lord, we will be a loving people, not an agreeable people, not a tolerant people, not a people driven by preferences, not a people who always feel like doing something, therefore we do it, but a people who express supernatural love in this house and out of this house to the world that we live in. So that when we show up on the scene, people will say, oh my God, there is something there which is not like natural, but it's supernatural. There is something there which says, they got to be otherworldly because that's not what we have defined things as in the world. That's way beyond us. And so, Lord, I declare the testimony of love in this house will be that. And, Father, even in a week, Lord, where our culture will be speaking this statement of love and so many perverted examples will be given and so many off-the-mark um, Examples will be given in our culture. Father, I declare that we will hit the mark this week as your children and show forth your praise by showing forth your love. In Jesus' name. Now, keep your heads bowed. I want to I ask a question, Father. Uh, before the Father this morning, there are some of you in here who might not know that love. You don't know who Jesus is because you have never submitted yourself to him. And some of you need to just simply get serious about who he is in your life. You need to receive that amazing work that was done through the cross by Jesus for your salvation. So I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to receive the salvation of God. Lift a hand and I'll pray a prayer with you. We'll all pray it together. To receive the salvation of God, the greatest act of love which was done on your behalf. So if that's you this morning, put your hand up. We want to pray for you and pray with you. Just put your hand up. I see you. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Give you another moment. All right. Join these three. Awesome. 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 Anybody else? Come on. The salvation of God in this place for you this morning. Let's pray together this morning. And let me encourage you before we even pray, if that's you and you maybe didn't have it within you to raise your hand right now, pray this prayer. God is not limited to a moment here in this building. His saving work is unlike you could imagine. So pray this prayer with us. Let's all pray together. Father, I thank you for Jesus and the work which was done for me. Lord Jesus, I know I've been in sin and it separated me from you. But now I choose to turn from that life of sin and receive the life of righteousness you have for me. I declare that you are the door to the Father and I receive by faith what you did for me. I choose to follow you and to walk with you. And I declare that I'm going to do this 
by your grace and by your strength because great is your love for me. And I want to spend my life loving you back. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Before, before I get down, I want to speak to those of you who prayed that prayer. And, and again, even those of you who've either prayed in the last few weeks or even didn't have the, 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 the guts today to put your hand up, but we're believing that God's still doing a work. I want to speak to you and declare. The word says that he who begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. God is not a quitter, and he's not looking at you with an assessment sheet waiting now saying, oh, what are they going to do? Ready with open arms, just like you just prayed. And there's a family and a community of faith here which wants to walk you through that. So there's some information up here. If you pray to receive Jesus, I encourage you, don't sit there and quietly get into a box. What we talked about today in love, you were created to walk in love and in community. And so I encourage you, don't pull yourself away. Dive right in. Text us, call us, grab somebody who may have brought you here, and let's begin to walk this thing together because God has great things for you, great purpose for you. Get plugged into growth track. There are things that he wants to do in your life. Don't allow the enemy one more day to be wasted in your life. But fulfill the purpose that God has for you. All right? You with me? Come on, give God one more shot of praise. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.